Applewood is Christ-centered and very intentional on the part of Christ and His Holy Spirit. We are we are not we are not not in the center of His will. We are right where God wants us to be, hard as it may seem. So I can say with deep conviction that it is our love for each other that will help to cast out the fears that we may be feeling. It is our care one to another that's going to make the difference as we move forward. So let's talk a little bit about this transition. I leave. So let me just uh, apologize. And I cry, and my nose runs, and uh, Four Seas has gotten used to it. Might as well get some of that stuff out in the open. So sorry. I leave. Depending on how you count, there's probably been hundreds, maybe thousands of kingdoms. What do you think? Thousands, hundreds, thousands, Aztecs and Assyrians, Egyptians and, and, and Japanese. Hundreds, thousands. That means that there's been maybe hundreds or thousands of kings, probably way more kings than there are kingdoms, right? Because there's lots of kings over a certain kingdom. So that means that there has been all kinds of transition going on in human history for a very, very long time. It's kind of the natural, normal thing that happens in human history in churches. There is a thing that happens where someone rules for a while and then someone else steps in and leaves. Normal. Normal until it happens to us. Then it feels strange. Here at Applewood, in our almost 30 years, I understand that uh, next year will be our 30th anniversary here. So I'm kind of getting ready for that party. It'll be fun. And, and in those 30 years, 22 years of those, uh, a guy has been here. So here's the, here's the crazy thing about that, is that most senior pastors nowadays, I don't know how it is post-pandemic, because it's been hard on... Everybody has been hard on pastors. But the average length of time that a pastor stays in a particular church position is somewhere between six and eight years. So Guy kind of had three careers here, roughly. And, and we are all the, the, the happy recipients of his perseverance, their perseverance, and uh, their ministry, their deep ministry and commitment to this church. But that's a rare phenomenon. Uh, I, I didn't have the same courage as, as Guy. I was only at Four Seas for 18 years. And so uh, he outworked me uh, quite sizably. But one of the things I read, and I was mindful of when I was making prayerful decisions about my tenure at Four Seas, one of the things I read is that churches tend to slow down in growth in, in uh, pastorates where the preacher is has a long-term um, career in that pulpit. So the longer you're in the pulpit, the more and more uh, churches tend to stop growing. It kind of makes sense. I'm not sure I like it, but it kind of makes sense. And that was actually part of what was on my heart. I didn't want to do anything that might get in the way of Christ Community Covenant Church being a robust and vital presence for God. And so me and Jesus started talking, and he eventually said, I, you know, I feel like I still have something in the tank. And Jesus said, you do. I, I, have, I have ministry yet for you, Dave. 
But it's time. It's time for you to move on from Christ Community Covenant Church. There's a new work and a new hope there and a fresh presence at Christ Community Covenant Church. Next week will be the first week of our new pastor at Christ Community Covenant Church with Brian McClure. So I'm very excited for them. You know what? I had a conversation with Guy, and he said much the same thing. I just don't want to get in the way of all the God. I, I feel like I still have plenty in the tank. I, I'm not done, so to speak. But God is leading me on. I want to spend a little bit more time with my family. I want to look and see what God has left for me in another role. And this is what happens in churches. Let, let's take a look at all the transitions that happen in the life of uh, the church and the life of God's kingdom. If we go back in time, we go back to Moses and Joshua. Remember, that's probably a, a great first example of leadership transition when Moses has to give up his leadership and God establishes Joshua. God just steps in and says, I'm, I'm going to make a change right here. And he interrupts what's going on, surprises Moses, I suspect. In Deuteronomy, it says this, chapter 32. That very day, the Lord spoke to Moses, go up this mountain, uh, this mountain of Abram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite Jericho, on the far side, on the east side of the river Jericho, looking over, uh, the river um, Jordan, looking over at Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel for this possession. For you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go there. You don't get to go in, Moses, into the land that I am giving to the people of Israel. Moses, you've been very, very faithful, but for reasons of my design, your leadership is over. And I'm handing him over to this young guy, Joshua, who's only maybe 80. And to Joshua, in chapter 1, he says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. A little bit later, in verse 7, he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to, uh, from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Didn't I say that? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That feels like a verse for this church, doesn't it? The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I have a plan. I am working the plan. Don't be afraid. Lift your chin. Let's go. So, easy to say, Harder to do, except that we have the evidence of His goodness. So we lay claim to it. We're going to live in it. The Scriptures and history, it seems, are full of examples where leadership have changed hands. We just talked about uh, Moses and Joshua. We remember when we have got to the kings, we had uh, David and Solomon. That transition didn't go all that well. Uh, there was a lot of a, a lot of work that had to happen in order to establish that new kingdom under Solomon, and then from there we had 37 kings in the nation of Israel after they divided, and only five of those kings were actually good Christ or God-following kings. So that's that's a success rate of 13 percent. We're hoping for better than that here. Just say we're going to go one for one. 
But all that to say, it's hard. It is a little hard. We even see it in the not just the kings, but in the spiritual leaders. There's transition. So Eli had these two immoral sons, uh, Hophni and Phineas, but there was also Elijah and Elisha. God's been transitioning through human history, through Scripture. It is actually the normal thing that happened. Hard but normal. And then we have, fast forward into the New Testament, and we have Jesus and uh, his precursor, uh, his cousin, John, who comes to prepare a way for the Lord. And John the Baptist uh, begins then to create a, a pretty robust following, and into that comes Christ. John has to talk to his disciples. He has to have this tender conversation with them because he's saying, you know what? My work's about done. He says this to them in John chapter 3. The disciples came to John, his disciples, said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John, we're losing all our people. They're all going over to Jesus. This is a problem. You need to do something. You're losing ground here, John. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has, who, who has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is complete. He must increase and I must decrease. So those are great words. Now, within the church, as we fast forward now another 2,000 years, leadership transition in the church is com complicated, I guess. It's, it's uh, all kinds of varied ways of approaching church leadership. Let me just give you, like I said, I'm not sure how inspiring, but I hopefully comforting. But this might be helpful information because we come from perhaps many different church backgrounds, uh, denominational backgrounds, different histories about how church governance works, let me just, it's not really a rabbit trail, let me just unpack this for a moment because there are three traditional forms of church polity and church transition. The Episcopal, the Presbyterian, and the Congregational. Now those are forms of government. You can see that some churches pulled their names from their form of government. Uh, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Congregational. Those are all church denominations, but those are also forms of government. Episcopal is a top-down form of government. So that would be uh, traditions like the Roman Catholic, Episcopal, Methodist, Lutheran, some like that, where the top organization on the local church level will replace a pastor uh, according to the mind of the of the upper organization, right? So so if you're from a Methodist or, or a Catholic background, Lutheran background, you may have experienced how pastors just moved every six, seven years or so. And someone somewhere just moved them. And your church didn't have anything to say about it. So that's one form of government. There's another form, this Presbyterian form. And, and uh, what that means is that there's some elders or overseers that are representative leaders of, uh, of that church group, and so they get together and maybe choose a pastor and the congregation doesn't necessarily have much to do with it. 
ECC, our church, is a congregational church. That means that we are locally autonomous and we pray for and hire our own pastors. And uh, I, I frankly think that's kind of nifty and cool that we get to do that together. We get to pray and seek and, and believe together for how God is going to fit the need of our pastor here at Christ, at, sorry, Christ Community Covenant Church. No? At, uh, at Applewood. So forgive me. It's going to take a while. 18 years of hard habit to break. So, um, so we are this congregational. Actually, we're a little bit of a hybrid because we have this leadership team that we vote for as a church, and they serve to make some decisions for us. But together we make the big decisions, and this ahead of us is a big decision. So we're going to do this together, or we're not going to do it at all. That's how this works. So that's a good thing. Loving each other and doing it together, believing in each other, those are wonderful, wonderful things. In fact, the, the model of transition isn't near as important as our transitioning well to the one whom God has appointed. Our mode of transition isn't near as important as our transitioning well to God's appointment. That's our job. Our job is to be soft clay. Clay nonetheless, but soft clay. Soft clay in the potter's hand. He will fashion something beautiful. You see, there's a a couple things that we need to keep in mind as we move forward. We need to remember that existing leaders should know that they are not indispensable. Christ Community Covenant Church has done very well without me in these last six months. They have persevered well. Uh, They had an interim pastor for the last six months. I know that I've already heard some of you say, I'm not sure I was really hoping that we could not have an interim pastor. Uh, I get that. We were kind of hoping not to as well. But you know what? It turned out to be a really, really great thing. Steve uh, Tolson became our our, uh, interim pastor, and for the last six months or so, he has offered uh, a good word, a stable presence, uh, a common and peaceful presence, and a hopeful presence. It's been really good for Christ Community Covenant Church. I hope, too, that God will bless us in this season as we wait and watch and anticipate him filling this position with his appointment. But we'll do that together, right? But existing leaders should know that they are not indispensable. God has been changing out leaders for 2,000 years in the church. Congregants should know that prayer is the power, not the loudest voice. We will pray this, this pastor into the pulpit, Right? That's how that will happen. In the most blessed of ways. And entering pastors, even interims, should know that their role is to humbly serve, not proudly lead. That's how that That's how that works well. When each of us, exiting leaders, congregants, and incoming pastors, carry their roles with integrity, prayerfulness, you can expect good things to happen. See, the real question is, whose church is it? Whose church is it? That's the question, right? It's not Guy's church. He would tell you that. Besides, he's retired. It's not my church. 
It's either your church as congregants, or even better, it's the church of Christ. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And we yield to His headship, don't we? Can I get an amen? All right, you are out there. Christ is our head. Let's, let's read about it in Colossians chapter 1. And He is the head of the body. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. And in everything, that in everything, He might be preeminent. We should probably memorize that verse. In Ephesians it says, and He put all things, all things, you'll hear me talk about all things because that's a big important doctrine to me. He put all things under His feet and He gave Him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church. There is no question who is in authority over this church. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and there is no transition from the King of Kings. He will serve. He will reign. He will rule through eternity. And our best work is to yield to that reality and enjoy it. To have a benevolent King who cares for us and is powerful enough to do something about it. Right? Amen. Amen. So we won't lose sight of that. T.S. Eliot said the true church, T.S. Eliot, the real T.S. Eliot said the true church can never fail for it's based upon a rock. And then another somewhat pretty good theologian, John Calvin, said uh, the church is gathering is the gathering of God's children where they can be helped and fed like babies and then guided by her motherly care and grow up to manhood in the maturity of faith. So I want to say I recognize uh, that it's hard and that there's some potential for disappointment. I just learned the other day uh, that when uh, little Leo, Kelsey's daughter, Guy's granddaughter, learned just recently that Guy would not be in the pulpit anymore, that he was retiring. And I got to meet Leo this morning. And Leo started to cry, weep, quite hard. And then uh, the family turned and said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, she said, I just want my regular papa. Sorry, sorry, Leo. Sorry, Kelsey. Sorry, you all. I am not your regular papa. Uh, but I am a papa in my own right. And, um, and we, will do, we will do this together in the name of Christ under his authority, recognizing that there is tenderness and um, maybe not hurt, but some fear and concerns that go with it. But, but we will face it together quite happily. Re- remember, remember, uh, you know, the, the biggest church transition I can imagine, the hardest, would have been when Jesus ascended and the disciples are left at the bottom of the mountain and they're looking at each other and go, wait, wait a minute. Now what? Now what? And then somebody said, hey, I think Jesus told us to go into Jerusalem and wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, even Jesus cared for them in that moment. To take care of them in that moment of transition and said, you know what? It's okay. It's going to be better that I leave because the Holy Spirit can come. You need to go. Wait. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's going to be great. But my guessing is that there was a moment right there where they said, wow, this doesn't feel right. 
But you know what? Jesus had said some very comforting words uh, to Peter. And I just want to refresh our memory with that little story. You remember they were in Caesarea Philippi and some people were talking about who Jesus was and he asked the question, who do people say that I am? And then he said, who do you say that I am? Do you remember that little story? And, and Peter responded quite heroically. Let's remind ourselves. It goes like this. It's found in, in uh, I missed my notes here. It's found in Matthew chapter 16. And, and, and Simon says, you, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. For this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't figure this out on your own, but my Father in heaven showed you this. And I tell you that you are Peter, you are rock. And on this rock, and I want to say on this bedrock confession, on this bedrock confession of who I am, and your acknowledgement of that, I will build my church in the gates of Hades and not overcome. Man, I'm bullish on the church. I'm strong upon it. I have deep belief in it. Not any one church. The church of God cannot be stopped. And if you're worried about the church here in North America or somewhere in your community, I wouldn't. The church is growing like crazy across China and Africa, across the Middle East and South America. If you don't see it here, it's because someone here is lacking faith in the kingdom of God. So it's our turn to stand up. It's our turn to be strong and have a deep faith, an abiding strength, and a courage that pursues the church because this church cannot be held back. Even the gates of hell cannot stand against this church. So let's not forget that. Let's not grow weary in doing good for we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So let's be that church. What he said. Amen. All right. Well, I want to pray with you. And, uh, and then I believe we have uh, another worship song. So Father, indeed, as the worship team comes up, we confess that that promise still exists. The church will indeed prevail. You will have absolute authority over all church here in Applewood. We relinquish our agenda. We yield to yours. It is time indeed for true believers to be the ones that actually believe. So, Father, we are the body of Christ, and quite proudly so. We will prevail in the hope and in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen.